1: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
0: Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue. And you're fast asleep, so I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 148 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Chokash, and this week, this week, I am so excited for this week's episode. Uh, We have... What an amazing person on the podcast today. She is someone that uh, it inspires me incredibly. Her strength is absolutely second to none. Um, it's been wild to to follow her journey and uh, to get her on the podcast today. Um, you may know by the name or the picture, however you're looking at this, who it is. We have Mary Page Nance on the podcast today. I'm so excited. She's coming directly off Fresh Off of making her Broadway principal debut. Not only is she making her Broadway principal debut, it's the first time she's ever taken a bow by herself. Um, she's gotten her own solo bow, and I am I'm I'm thrilled. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this episode. Uh, this is a Take a Bow Friday. Um, so it, this is our last day of March. Take a Bow Friday is happening, and she literally our guest this week literally went on yesterday. Um, as Marsha in A Beautiful Noise. Yeah, that, that's right. You can go see Mary Page dance right now in A Beautiful Noise. She's on eight shows a week. Um, and she also is understudies the star of the show. Um, and uh, is understudied to Marsha, uh, who is usually played by Robin Herter, um, who is just fantastic in the show. And I can't I can't wait to see Mary Page in this role in the show. Um so mad that she didn't text me, but it's okay cuz the next time it happens, I'm going to be there and hopefully you all will be too. Um after listening to this week's episode and you all will become the biggest fan as such as myself to Mary Page. Um just stoked for this episode, seriously. Um if you I mentioned that this is the last day in March, March 31st. If you've been following along this past month to every episode, you all know that I've been doing episodes with uh, guests featuring women that inspire me in the industry who have had some wonderful story or made history and whatever it is in this industry um there's been a reason for each guest of this uh industry so i I definitely wanted to include mary page in this month um it's been incredible because not only is it women's history month and women's month in general i guess uh it's also endometriosis month um and Mary Page is a performer who has been diagnosed with endometriosis after doing two Broadway shows, and now that she is doing a Broadway show where she is actually uh, able to fully take care of her herself and her body, um, she is able to experience. Life as a performer in in a new way. Um, so not only do we talk about some incredible things from being in shows together um, and and reconnecting at the opening night of Beautiful Noise and seeing each other again and kind of what, whatever that was. Um, we we talk about uh, this journey for her and and what it means to have endometriosis as a performer and the and the the struggles um, and, and just like the daily kind of life uh, of a performer with endo and how it, she kind of had to navigate and go through it all and just deal with it and still continue to perform um it was crazy like she never called out yes yeah, but she talks about it you know like younger in her career it's you have that stigma of like oh yes oh i gotta do this or i gotta show up you know and, and it's uh wonderful to kind of see that journey and talk about that journey with her um towards the end so definitely stay uh for this whole episode because it's wonderful stories uh through it all and uh hopefully you all will enjoy and just love this episode as much as i did so um with that being said before we turn it over to that uh we got to talk about some broadway news because that's just what we do here on take about um you know not a ton of broadway news this week which is kind of great because uh we want to turn it over to mary page as soon as possible and We also have a bit of a longer episode with Mary Page, which is so wonderful for me because we were just able to catch up and it was like no time had passed at all. Um, So it was just, it was great. And and you all will love this, seriously. So, um, first bit of news this week, I, I guess I'll start off in saying happy opening to Life of Pi, which opened. Today, when I'm doing this with you all, but uh, they, it opens yesterday, uh, Thursday, March 30th. Uh, congratulations. I saw Life of Pi this week. I saw it yesterday, Wednesday. <laughs> this is going to be so trippy for you if you're listening to this on, uh, on another day, uh, which you most likely will be, um, because it doesn't come out until tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm talking to myself right now. Um, but I saw it on Wednesday, uh, March 29th. This show was ridiculous. I am obsessed with this show. You all know how I feel about plays. You all know I love musicals more than plays. And um, as an audience member, you know, plays kind of excite me a little bit more as an actor and everything like that. But as an audience member, um, I just find musicals to be a little bit more entertaining. This play keeps you entertained the entire time. Um, Plays are so heavy. And sometimes it's like I have to be in like, uh, uh, like, I have to be like mentally prepared to go see a play. Um, I'm sure, I, I'm not sure if everyone feels that way, but uh, I'm sure some of you listening can kind of relate to that just because you know that it's going to be heavier, you know, unless you're going to go see like the play that goes wrong, which we have a guest coming on who has is in that. And um, that's kind of completely different. Like I could see that any night. I could see a musical any night. But for a play, like I feel like I have to like actually prepare myself to go see a play. And so this play, I walked in, and I didn't know what I was going to get. It's a brilliant movie. It's a brilliant book. So I've heard. I, I did not uh, know the story or didn't know anything about the show before going into it. And I love that. I do it for a reason. Um, I can go on the journey with the actors live in person. And I just think there's nothing better than doing that. Um, so... When I saw this show, I I was just flabbergasted. Uh, the work of Hiran Abisak, um, the work of Hiran Abisakera is he's making his Broadway debut as Pi. He's absolutely absurd. Like in this role, he's he does not leave the stage. Uh, he leaves the stage in intermission. He's not pulling a Ben Platt here, but he l- does not leave the stage. He is brilliant in this role, um, and then the real stars of the show is this ensemble piece, which we don't really get a lot in plays. You know, like this didn't feel like a typical play. It was brilliant the way that it was done. Um, This full like ensemble came out and you've got puppets being uh, puppeteered by like three different people and there's a bunch of different puppets happening and, and they have uh, these fish and they have zebras and they have uh, giraffes and they have uh, monkeys and owls and, and all of these brilliant things and sea turtles. Oh my God, that sea turtle was brilliant. Um, Everything about the show was iconic. And for a moment, it was like feeling as if it was like the Lion King that I was watching for a second. It was just, it's wild. Um, and, and honestly, like nothing against the Lion King because the Lion King is iconic. But in, in a, a few ways, the puppets here were better than the Lion King. And that's simply because Lion King's been on Broadway for 25 plus years or whatever it's been and and this show is new and so technology and everything has changed and and whatever so um that's a whole other thing but it's this show is absolutely brilliant it's one that everyone needs to see the way that they're the scenic design if it doesn't win best scenic design uh for a play this year at the tony awards i don't know i don't know if it doesn't win best scenic if it doesn't win best scenic design for a play at the tony awards this year I don't know what's going to win. I don't even want to know what's going to win because this show, like I, I I don't even have to see any of the other plays. And I just like, feel this should be it. like, this is it. Uh, it was brilliant. It was so incredibly well done. Uh, and then the puppeteers were like actual like actors who, who also had important roles in the story and in the show. It was just, it was brilliant. Everyone, crushed the show. Shout out to Sharika, who we give a shout out to in the interview with Mary Page. She was uh, one of the stage managers over at Neverland. Uh, She's currently the PSM, the production stage manager over there. So uh, that's got to be a show that's pretty difficult. Uh, It's probably the biggest play on broadway right now i mean in regards to cast set all the things to run um so uh kudos to to everyone involved over there and congrats on a, a amazing uh opening night and a successful run hopefully that the, this we could see this show for a long time because i absolutely loved it and i think everyone's gonna love this show um okay i i need to stop ranting because that was like five minutes um uh, but loved the show nonetheless uh also congratulations to sweeney todd which opened this past sunday unfortunately i was not on the sweeney uh todd carpet which i am very upset about but uh you know it is what it is and uh hopefully we can chat with some of those folks uh at a later date um but yeah sweeney todd congrats i heard every it was great everyone's raving about the show um of course uh, no surprise there really uh and and the stars came out you know the stars were there at opening night it was wild um and it seemed like such a great wonderful opening night so congrats to everyone involved in that show um and then our next opening night is uh shocked who uh if you don't know uh that show is going to be opening on tuesday um and uh, hopefully you Take a Bow will be on the red carpet for that one. Um, I've heard great things about Chuck so I'm excited to see it. Uh, I've heard of it. It was absolutely hilarious and uh, just wonderful. Uh, the cast is incredible as well, so can't wait to see that one. It's got some – there's some – we're really lucky with some of these shows on Broadway this year. There's some great stuff on Broadway right now. I'm very excited. Um Yeah. So that, that's this kind of this week's rundown. Um, We had the ragtime 25th anniversary reunion concert happening on Monday. I've heard great things about that. Heard it was absolutely incredible Uh, an experience for lifetime to kind of witness it all and uh, just awesome stuff to, to honor a a show that was as revolutionary as ragtime is, is fantastic. And uh, you know, things we'd love to see here on Broadway. And uh, that happened That happened at the Lion King Theater, at the Minskoff Theater. So um, very exciting stuff there too. Um, so yeah, that's all the news I have for you folks this week. Uh, as always, I do want to send out a reminder, you know, we're releasing a lot on YouTube right now um, in regards to exclusive YouTube content. So stuff that we're not releasing here uh, as audio podcasts that you may be listening to this on uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever it is. Um, but, uh, that's all on YouTube and the best way to find out if, and when we're posting, which we're posting almost every day right now. Um, but if you don't know, like when we're posting or you're excited for something in particular, um, you should subscribe because that's going to be the the best way to be notified and, uh, see the things that we're posting um so go to youtube search up take about podcast and we are there uh we have some incredible uh opening nights we uh, thrilled with uh bad cinderella opening night and how that video turned out shout out to tessie who uh edited that one and got that one up for us so uh it was brilliant, and I think the content from that carpet, especially in particular, may have been some of the best content that we've ever gotten at a red carpet. Uh, in regards to like random celebrities be there, uh, being there, and not only talking about a show, but also just talking about. Theater and and other things going on in everyone else's lives. You know, it was really like mini interviews, and it wasn't like the typical "Oh, how excited are you to see the show?" blah blah blah. You know, it was really it was really a fun carpet. So uh, I highly encourage you all to to check that out. And the editing and the video is ridiculous and it's, shout out tessie again uh, it's really well done so uh really happy with how it all turned out and uh go check it out and we're also going to be releasing um parade content and um we have we had another opening night up there oh doll's house and all the things so definitely go check those out those are all so fun and uh just wonderful uh the doll's house one was is, is particularly what is up there with the like the bad cinderella and and this is more the doll's house is more of an educational opportunity for you all. Um, it's really entertaining and it's really fun and everything like that. But it's it, the, it, it's the type of people that were there, you know. We got to talk to Jessica Chastain and, and Arian Moriad and all of the Oak, you know, from Hamilton, all of these wonderful people, um, and, and veterans of, of the show, um, who were about to do a serious play. You know, they were really just. Full of wisdom in talking to us, so um, it was brilliant. So definitely check that out. And then, "Bad Cinderella" is a lot of fun, crazy, but like entertaining and and also like educational stuff. So uh, definitely go check those out. And that's all up on the YouTube, and we're releasing video uh, episodes of these interviews here that you're about to witness. So uh, go check them out. And uh, with that being said. It's time to turn it over to Mary Page, because I've talked long enough, and uh, this episode is absolutely wonderful. So without further ado, Mary Page dance, curtain up. Oh my god, so I am so excited to introduce this week's guest, one of the strongest people I know, uh, a true triple threat who has been a part of three original Broadway casts, including Finding Neverland, which you may or may not have heard of if you're listening to um, Great Comet and uh, that extremely long title. And she's currently starring, uh, and I mean starring, in A Beautiful Noise on Broadway, uh, the Neil Diamond musical. So excited to talk to you about it. Everyone, please welcome to Take a Bow, Mary Paige Nance. Hi! Hi! I'm so excited right now. This has been a long time in the, in the making here. Um, and uh, to finally get you on, I'm, I'm just so excited to, to talk to you about all the things.
1: I'm so, so excited to catch up with you yeah. in real life because we always are <laughs> fleeing. <laughs> right I, I saw you on opening night <laughs> totally the, there's just so much going on like we could never actually talk
2: that night was wild the oh, opening oh, night party was yeah. craziness
1: i literally still not used to you being not a child <laughs> I,
2: everyone is you know like i still go out to these things and it's just like oh i know you from somewhere and i'm like yes we fully did a show together um uh, but, but I just look so different, you know, and
3: uh, it's you funny those reactions.
2: I know, but like all of these years later, you know, I mean, I guess like the pandemic and everything. But uh, it's funny to see like it still is like happening. You yeah, weren't I the know. only one with that reaction that night. It was really funny. Well, um,
1: saw you at Colin's event? You're yeah, in the pandemic, and you just came. and It was so good to see you. So many Neverland people were there.
2: I tried to come to this this recent one he did. Um, He did, like, a birthday or whatever. Yeah. Um, There it is. And it was, like, 21 plus. So I couldn't get in because I don't have, like, anything. So I was like, oh, that's so annoying. But uh, it's fine. It is what it is. and uh, But now here we are and we get to catch up. And I'm so excited. So, um, I mean... Neverland. I mean, there's so much we could talk about, but I usually like to start these things um, asking, you know, how are we here today? Like, what what made you want to get into musical theater and storytelling and performing in general?
1: Oh, what a question!
0: (laughs) (laughs) How much time do we have? I don't
1: know if if I'm like you in that. My first professional show was when I was nine years old. It was not on Broadway. Oh wow! Yours was. <laughs> Stop.
3: <laughs>
1: but, um, it was a local theater, um, Swift Creek Mill. We did Children of Eden. Uh huh. I'm sure I got paid thirteen dollars a week or something. You know Cute. that I spent on ice cream. Um, <laughs> but I just used to it. I think I was always expressing myself in this way, and I was probably very—by probably I mean definitely—a crazy child. Um, my parents were like, "Put her in anything, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and stimulate her insanity." So, um, yeah, I just kind of always did it, and then I worked like professionally as a young kid. I never did what you did, where we would do school at the theater because it wasn't eight times a week. It was you know local stuff in my hometown in Virginia. Um, like Theater of Virginia, I did A Wonderful Life, which was actually really cool. Sheldon oh my gosh. came down and saw it, and I had, like, connections to New York people, but it was, sure know, smaller scale. Um, but I was doing community theater. I just kind of did everything. I I never, despite doing it professionally as a young kid, I never thought, like, oh, this is my career. Yeah. I, I want to do this. I, I was never thinking that way. I just always loved it. hmm And I try to make a practice of doing things that I love that feed me. So I just kind of kept doing it. And then here I am.
2: Was it that your like parents just kind of threw you into it? Or was it kind of like you saw a show and you just fell in love and were like, let's try it?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think I grew up in a very musical family. My mom okay. sings and to this day performs gigs. Oh, my at God. Local restaurants and Farmer's markets and events and things. She uh-huh. like, I grew up singing in the church choir. I grew up singing around her. And every time we'd have like, you know, a party or something at our house, there's a piano, you know, there's a piano. And her friend, Steve Redland, who's a mentor of mine would come and play and I would sing with him. And my sister and I would always like, perform at the end of dinner. If we have dinner at our grandparents' house or whatever, we would like stand in front of the fireplace and put on a, sh- a show. Like it just was very natural to us. Like yeah. Did that. Um, I love it. And so I think they saw that. And I can't really remember the, honestly, the first thing I ever saw. I remember my first audition was for a production of Gypsy at Theater of Virginia. Oh. That's okay. I was about eight years old. And I remember seeing all these kids like who were, had their like branded outfits. Wild names on their jackets and, like, were dancers, and i was just like what is this like i don't know what this is
2: um, no literally i love first audition stories because I, I like never forget i i wasn't the first person to audition in, in my family but my sister like we grew up in pittsburgh like near pittsburgh so we performed at the pittsburgh clo and um she Went to her first audition and, like, this, like, what she thought was so cool, like, camo outfit. And everyone was in their, like, rehearsal blacks with jazz shoes and everything.
1: I <laughs> it, was just... it was, yeah, she was. like, why did right. you? I was probably wearing a sack. Like, I mean, right. right? had like i remember they had like booty shorts with their names rhinestoned on the butt i was like, oh my god
2: stop it
1: i did not understand what was happening
2: well that would be perfect for gypsy that totally seems like a mama (laughs)
1: yes
2: (laughs) that's hilarious um well that's crazy i mean honestly like you you saying that you kind of grew up with like your family being very musically like inclined it was kind of makes sense you know you probably just like didn't even realize like it was just you always knew it you know type of thing and you always just loved it and naturally would put on performances without even like realizing it that's pretty neat
1: yeah that's true and I I, you know people talk about their aha moment of when they say yeah like I want to do that like I don't really think I had that I think I started doing it and I loved it. And then I just would see everything and was kind of inspired by everything. I remember being very inspired by the adult actors that I was working with. Yeah. You know, and just. Always. Recognizing like how amazing they were and just the culture of being in a show. Yep. Feeling like that family. And you probably felt this as a kid, like they really take you under their wing and just, they're like a second family to you. And, you know, you're away from your parents. You're eight years old doing a show and, I messed up all the, you know, I'm like playing. Right. Too, we had, you know, those old school games. We're being too loud. And, oh, um God. Robin O'Neill, amazing actress in my hometown. Professional, incredible. Um, She mm-hmm. was Eve in Children of Eden. <clears throat> and we sure. ended up the opening of Act Two from behind the audience. So we had to, like, you know, for the. Oh, my you know, God. Is that song? Yes. Is that the beginning of Act Two? God. Don't. Blame I, me there were tambourines involved i don't know I, I got being it line with her like kind of going up the stairs she was right next to me and i was chewing gum
3: oh uh, and she my goes, word.
1: uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. and she like literally made me spit out my gum into her hand oh what like, it in her bra and we just did you know we just no
3: like, yeah Stop. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's amazing she was like no honey we don't do that like just yeah. you know bringing us in uh, just witnessing like how people take care of each other and
3: mm.
1: you know just being in that community so young just i just fell in love with that and like seeing how close they were and you know the the i remember the man who played um god right there's a god in that show uh just feeling like actual god to me like,
3: yeah <laughs> sure
1: he took so much good care of us and You know, just watching them do their thing and the practice of being in a show and taking care of each other and just I don't know, watching kind of the ceremony of like getting ready and yeah, so inspired by that.
2: See, Um, I love that you're saying saying this because like so often we hear like in our industry like oh, is it, like, a competition, and, like, is it, like, that sort of vibe in, like, an audition room and whatever, and it can be, but, like, at the end of the day, like, we've all, we all know each other, we've all worked together in some sort of facet, we've all had each other's bags for the past however many years, you know, like, it, it doesn't even matter that it, like, it. it's a competition in the sense that you're going for the same roles and some similar opportunities, but, like, it doesn't work out like we're happy for one another like people don't realize that i don't think yes, like that
1: is you're right people often say like is it cutthroat
2: yeah like, like it's not hate. really
1: right, right. like the, the room, business
2: side is but not like performing right no,
1: i don't know no, i completely agree and i think maybe for you obviously you were on broadway so it was a very different experience because like me doing a professional show in Richmond, Virginia was very different than like you being up for like actual TV shows and you were right. on for actual TV shows but um, <laughs> but, but I know it's mean that it doesn't it, yeah it's like once you're in the family you're in the family yeah and, and people who haven't made it to Broadway that first of all, I think is crazy because they're so talented and should be, but they're still in the community. It's like right? the Broadway community, I feel like we're too specific about, but really it's like the theatrical, the, the people absolutely are going to dance class, showing up, going to auditions, like that to me is the Broadway community. Um And that's something that coming back, I hadn't been on Broadway since before the pandemic, since Great Comet closed, which was yeah six years ago. I mean, so many years ago. Wild. So I felt like, you know, when I came back to a beautiful noise, I it felt like kind of coming home a little bit, like yeah. the streets, like walking to work, I'm forty, you know, past passing the Lent Fontaine, passing the Imperial, and. Seeing the old, um, you know, like, Terry, the house electrician at the lunch. Right. The deli, be like, Terry, do you remember me? How are your fishing trips going?
3: Oh, <laughs> literally. You
1: have that experience. Of, you just see crew guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> like how, I ran into this guy at the deli, Starlight Deli, the best deli in the world, which, side note, I hear is closing, which is devastating. But we can oh. but the time, there was this guy, I, th- I think his name was Brendan or something. I was at Starlight. And we had this moment where we were like, hey, you look familiar. You look familiar. Mm-hmm. what's How do I know you? And I was, uh, he was like, did you do a show around here? I was like, yeah, whatever, listed. He's like, oh, we did Finding Neverland together. And I was like, "What, yeah, dude, how are you? And this was eight years ago. My oh, brother, my God. I Stop. No and he was like, yeah, I left. You'd probably recognize him. He had gone over to Lion King. Oh. Never ever since.
2: That's crazy, you know. Like that's a whole other like world and community. Like the whole stage hand crew. Because oh, I saw, I went to go see Life of Pi last night. I saw Trip. I saw Sharika's doing the stage, the PSM. No I was like, Sharika, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm the PSM. And I was like,
3: what? <laughs> like, I didn't know
2: that. Yeah, like it's crazy how we say that it's so like small and tight, but like. It, it, it's very large you know and like it it goes beyond what we like perceive you know we forget how many people it actually takes to one run one, one single show let alone the 40 or whatever is on
1: yes you know yeah. who my doctor is right now on beautiful news pam hughes
2: shut up
1: remember her from neverland she covered um she dressed teal for a while yeah of
2: course
1: that's crazy. Yeah, she's my dresser. Like, she, I walked into, you know, they like, introduced our dressers first day in the studio. It's her yeah, and Laura Horner, who was um, Kelsey Grammer's dresser.
3: Yes.
2: Dresses Hilarious. Somebody.
1: And I was like, hi. Like, I hadn't seen it so
3: wild.
2: long. Wild. Absolutely of, wild.
1: You know, they're part of, they are Broadway family. I mean, they are the yeah. industry me. It's like, those people are the community. And I'm just like, there's nothing like it.
2: It truly, it really isn't. So when was it that you kind of realized that like, oh, you could have a career in this industry? Like, you know, like you could be doing this for a job. Was it like when you first did like Neverland? Like was like, was it your first Broadway show or was it like before that?
1: I think it was before that, but it was later than maybe it should have been. I remember doing, I went to school for Modern Dance. Okay. Um, I went to SUNY Purchase and I remember,
3: yeah,
1: so I I didn't study musical theater in college, but I always knew that I loved musical theater, but I wanted options like for concert dance, if that might, you know, things took me that way. And I did love concert dance, but all that to say, I wasn't doing theater really at the time when I was in college. And so when I I missed it. So in the summers between, like, I would do modern dance during the year, and then in the summers I would go home, you know, live at home between years in college, and I would do musicals at um, Virginia Repertory Theater, which is yeah. a house in my hometown. Um, and I did like thoroughly really modern. Or I think the first one I did was Guys and Dolls, maybe between my freshman and sophomore year, and then between sophomore and junior, I did um, Thoroughly Modern Millie. Oh, actually, Patty DeBeck, who's like an amazing. Broadway legend director. She happened to be in Richmond I teaching at BCU. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a small Cast of a chorus line.
3: Yeah, like, crazy. Well,
1: crazy. She's brilliant. Um, so I got to kind of do musical theater professionally, but it was like I would itch the theater bug, and then I would kind of miss dancing, and then I would go back to school, and I would dance, and then I'd be like, Oh no, I miss theater. And oh. I, mean, I was doing those shows that a couple people have always said you know like you could do this like you're they're very kind you're like you're very good like you're right you could do this and i remember being like no 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 i don't know i just you know i am just kind of doing it and i remember seeing a chorus line in the revival <clears throat> i guess uh-huh. it was on broadway in 2009 i want to say wow um and i remember i remember rushing it. You know, I was in college. Yeah, time. of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One lottery or whatever. And I just remember looking at that show and being like, wait a minute, I can do that.
3: Wow. <laughs> I, think,
1: I think it was like, you know, when I saw Broadway shows as a young person, it was just, it was so amazing. And the people were so talented that I never, I never in a thousand years thought I could possibly ever be good enough to do that.
2: Of course. Yeah. But I
1: saw moving out, you know, when I was 11, <laughs> yeah. you know, 40, I remember seeing 42nd Street moving out and I remember being I mean I was blown away. I just yeah. couldn't there's no part of me that was like I can do that. No, zero. I was totally amazed at what they could do and you know when you go to school and you study and you train something happens where you just you get better and you get older and you learn and then you start to see performances and you're like, "Oh, the gap is closing a little bit. Like I actually do feel like I could do that." And that was a real moment for me when i saw a course line i was like wait a minute okay and then so kind of in the middle of college be having proximity to new york and seeing broadway shows like i remember seeing yeah. in the heights and rent and that's when i started getting super inspired of like no no i can do that and i want to do that um, wow so yeah i guess it was during college and then the ironically the first broadway show or no the first uh, musical that i like job professional job outside of college i got was to do a fraction of a course line in new hampshire oh my god what with brian knowlton who was in the revival and i saw him iconic i looked back and i had seen him perform he played paul
2: oh my gosh
1: he directed me in that show this is a couple years after i graduated because it took me a while to get figure figure out the industry and figure out what i was doing but that show you know so much about who you are as an artist and what you want to do and Mm. i remember him pulling me aside at a bar you know outside you know (laughs) two in the morning yeah of (laughs) course he was not me (laughs) and he's like what are you what are you doing like you're an actress he's like i love you i love that you do this modern that you do modern dance and you know i respect that but like there's something in you that needs to Say words like you. Are, mm. You are an actress. Like this is what you do. Kind wow. Of, that never has left me. That really was a pivot point for me, where I kind of came back to the city and decided, like, okay, I love modern dance, but I kind of wasn't getting anywhere in my career. Both I was trying to do for both sure. things, um, and so then I really was made the conscious decision to focus on musical theater, um and really put that into the universe and said, like. I don't want to be in a modern dance company. Huh, okay. <laughs> right. well, I couldn't believe it because I always thought I did. Like I loved, right? Music. I loved like about. Know, I had like maybe I'll go to Europe and do dance theater. Oh wow! Like, spoken text in modern work that I think is so cool. Yeah. And but I kind of had to say it out loud to be like, you know what? This is what I want. Yeah. And I kind of just that's when like everything fell into place, and then Neverland happened, and it was just this is what I'm going to be doing
2: insane Wow, that's so cool though like what what a journey and i'm sure it was absolutely terrifying to like really come to i guess like realization of just like oh no this is what i'm gonna do but i don't i don't know how but this is what i'm gonna do you know type of thing
3: uh yeah (laughs) yeah
2: um (laughs) but but it worked out because like look at you and uh here we are and so yeah for finding neverland came about and uh you know you did it over in ART, uh, before doing it on Broadway. Um, Were you
3: ART?
2: no, I was not, okay, unfortunately. Okay. I did audition for it. Um, <laughs> I was, too, I was too young at that time. Cause I, they had me auditioning for George and I was like, the older brother, um, as, as like an eight-year-old at the time I was on the Mary Poppins <laughs> tour and I was like, there's no way. Yeah.
1: Um, you, you played Peter a lot.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I did them all. I did them all I was the only one to do them all you which was crazy did I did them all for a show and a half um I did Michael for a show and a half which was the highlight of my career um but yes uh it, yeah Peter was the one but and then Peter and George towards the end they like stopped me doing Jack because they were like dude you're getting too tall like you're getting no. too old for this um which was like thank God you know like in that show there were boys where you could grow into and not like, oh, you're fired because you've outgrown this role type of thing, which has happened, you know, yeah, Yeah, yeah. which is wild. Um, But yeah, so I was not an AOT... But I'm curious to talk to me about ART because li- like you said, I wasn't there. So uh, obviously it was a very different show. Um, I, I hear that all the time from people uh, who were in ART and then came with it to Broadway. Um, so yeah. L- l- what was that like? And, and kind of attacking a new piece of material, you know, you've done all of these uh, shows that have already existed. So like, what was that like for you to just jump in?
1: Oh my God, Eli, I could talk about that for...
3: uh,
2: (laughs) I'm so sorry.
1: No, it's such a good question because, you know, when you grow up doing musical theater... you do shows that already exist, as you said. Yeah. Nobody trains you how to be in a new Broadway musical. It's a completely yeah. different experience. And what's wild is that it's been the only experience I've ever had on Broadway, is to be in an original Broadway show. Right, it's So wild. It's cool.
2: Yeah, like so cool.
1: But it's a very different thing to be in the room. <laughs> David Chase is creating yeah. music. He's
2: wild. A-
1: I mean, I, I, it was, I was just, eyes, my eyes were this wide. Oh. The whole time, I just was soaking it all in. I couldn't believe I was there. I couldn't yeah. believe, I mean, to be super honest, it was a really challenging process. Mm. And it was not like a very, <laughs> I don't know how to say this. It was not a very like, it didn't feel like a very, I feel like the word now we use is safe. Uh-huh. In my because it was so, Stressful, and there were so many cooks in the kitchen. And there was a lot of like energy coming from the top that was not necessarily like welcoming and warm. And you know, it was
3: for sure, I'd be
1: graceful with this, but it was like very challenging because in a new show, everything can change. You know, it's like if something's not working, it's an option to make a new song or cut 20 minutes of the script or <laughs> nothing,
3: right. Done.
1: And I've done now, I've done a ton of new work. I did Black No More um, on Broadway. I've been developing that for years. Beautiful Noise, I developed. I was in workshops of it for years. And when I tell you nothing compares to this Neverland experience, I mean, oh God. It was wild.
2: It was. It's
1: hilarious. It was crazy. I mean, literally. Every day felt like we were going into a, like a war zone. It was just like, okay, what's happening now? What am I doing? What am I? Am I having a new life? Yikes. Not, okay, like literally. Yeah. I, I go through all my, you know, they give you change sheets. Oh yeah. Show it's like, all right, these things are going in. These things are staying the same. Whatever. Our change sheets would be. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, for sure.
1: It's not like. Like in the previews of A Beautiful Noise, it was like, okay, we changed that one cutoff. Right. <laughs> or like, there's a new harmony line for this one song. Right. And then stay in that costume instead of the other costume. And then that would be it. I was like, yeah, no. Got it. Like, <laughs> literally, it would be like the entire new number, is the entire opening number is new. Yeah. You're wearing a different costume. Your entrance is different. Your exit is different. You have a new line in the next scene, new choreography. I mean, I'm talking ah. crazy, t- like, Every we all were just like this all the time. Yeah, I remember famously saying to Ronnie Todorowski, from Oh Yes, Best Dancer on Broadway, in dancing right now.
3: Okay. I just
1: remember we talked about this all the time. But apparently, at one point, he looked he looked at me, and I just went, "Wait, what?"
3: <laughs>
2: That's amazing.
1: Like, wait, what? what? And we say that all the time to each other. It's like, Pete. <laughs> what? like it was just he was wild like everything yeah. was in the chopping block at all times and you yeah. were just trying to hold on to like any sense of what you were doing and I remember him looking I was just staring off into the distance I remember him being like are you okay yeah. how are you feeling and I remember just saying I don't like to not know what I'm doing yeah And that's the first time I felt like I was performing in a big arena with important people yeah. Not having not knowing what I was doing because when you're growing up and doing theater, it's like you practice and you rehearse and you learn the choreography, you do it 40 times, and then you do it in front of an audience. But this is like take in 40 pieces of information that you've never done before and execute it in real time in front of people.
2: Yeah, no, (laughs) for sure.
1: But all that to say, that experience and then moving into Great Comet, I was a swing for the first like oh, yeah. I covered twenty tracks.
2: No, yeah. no. It's, uh-huh. What? <laughs> Why?
1: <laughs> That's just how Broadway was back then.
2: Good for you, I guess. I mean, holy moly. Yeah. Um, it go was. off.
1: Right. It was. I was. I'm honestly still very proud of that. Yeah, like, as you I'm should. Thirteen of them. I think.
2: Oh my god. Ew, uh, I could never.
1: You could. Everyone. Wild. But having that experience was like I had to again, take in information of you're going to be the, tons of split tracks, cut tracks, whatever, like you're going to be this person and yeah. then change into this person and then do this solo and then come around. it. Like I had, again, another experience of like, I am performing in real time mm. on a Broadway stage in front of 1,400 people, yeah. something that I have never done before. And that's that's su- super new to me. And that's something that is so much a part of the Broadway culture that no one tells you about or trains you for. Right, and now having under now I understudy a principal on Broadway, and I yeah got to go on last week, and I got not a big on deal twice. <laughs> <on every laughs> mm-hmm. ah! I process, like I'm ready for this because I've done all those other things. Like I've I've had practice in taking information and responding to things in real time that I've never done before. Quick changes, yeah. You know, if something goes wrong, it's like okay, we make a choice at the moment to fix it, or we'll go back to the old costume, or You know, you know I have to walk out, make sure I hit twelve while singing this line, and also, you know, not blocking this person while also wearing a costume I've never had (laughs) on in front of twelve hundred people who paid a lot of money to see me. You know, like right, I can do that now because I've had like years of experience in doing that and doing workshops and readings and. I make a lot of I tend to get hired to make a lot of new work cuz I'm I'm used to it and I can do it. Right. But it is my god, it is a learning process and now I love it. It really <laughs> like stimulates me and I I feel very confident doing those things. Sure. But yeah, so Boston was like a crash course. In like the worst that's it could possibly ever be. <laughs> yeah, but
2: that's so interesting the way that you've looked at it now. You know, like the perspective that you have on it now, and kind of being thankful for it, like because you've kind of been able to learn from that. And in a way, like it was kind of a blessing that like that was your first your first experience. Because if you if it wasn't, you would be like, really, what the f- is this? You know, type of thing. <laughs>
1: yes, and I remember um josh layman saying that to me yeah day. i remember him being he looked me one day and was like i'm so excited for you to do your next show
2: <laughs> i love him so and he, much
1: and like he's like i'm just so excited that it won't <laughs> <being> <laughs> he nightmare it was so hard and you felt that in Broadway I mean it was still crazy you know? yeah
2: it, it was still crazy it, it, was, really, it, was, it really
1: was, was I do ju- opening number like 20, twenty previews in we made up the whole first 20 minutes of the show were completely no
2: we were changing stuff even after opening like
1: yeah.
2: I I came in like I was rehearsing while you guys were opening and mm-hmm. it was because Sawyer and Hayden ended up like leaving like a month in or whatever it was and so oh, that's yeah. That's when I came. So I wasn't with, like, the whole tech thing. Yeah, crazy. I, I, everyone forgets about that. I was not a part of that that whole thing. I can't imagine. But literally, I, I came, and I was like, this show has opened, right? And they're like... And Josh was like, oh, well, honey, you have oh. no idea what you've said yes to. And I was like, oh, my God. Josh Lehman has been someone who has always not been shy about talking about his experience with fighting Neverland. And it makes me so – it just makes me laugh. It makes me so happy about it all because he likes to call it trauma bonding. Of oh, like,
1: 100%. Trauma. The- it's like you got a bat. He would always say, like, anyone who – sees that you're in this we're in this show it's like you get a badge of like making it through
2: <laughs> <laughs> right
1: yeah, like actual war
2: but that's like what was so beautiful about it like when people came to see the show everyone was just like you all look like you guys are having so much fun with each other and like we, we- were. We like genuinely were because we didn't know what was going on. Like, we didn't actually have a consistent show because we didn't know what that consistent show was, you know? Like, we were just up there and we were just playing. We like at the end of the day, like at some point in the run, we were all just like, you know what, screw it. Like, yeah. let's just like have fun with these things and let's do something silly. And, and, you know, like that was one of my favorite parts about it all. And like, no one kind of like gets that, you know, because they, they, like see it and they're like oh my god it's such a like perfectly crafted thing and we're like really it is (laughs) that's
3: that's so great to hear
1: yeah yeah um never people audience members don't know what that process is like and right you just like i truly think nothing could ever can ever be as bad as what that was yeah however i don't know if you feel this way but i continue to do shows in my career with people that i love and every show has its own culture and you know I, every show i've been a part of has had its own magical like thing but yeah something about the group of people that were the land that it is the trauma bonding it's that what we went through was so difficult yeah at times i mean the culture of broadway is also different in terms of like our schedules work real hard. We were not treated well from the producing side of things. We were not taken care of. I remember, I was the equity deputy. I remember sending an email yes, on behalf okay. of Hayden, who had broken his arm.
2: Yes. Oh my god. Go the and they made him perform. To
1: get him back. They made him come back to the show. Yes. And play Peter with a. Broken yes.
2: Arm. Oh, I'm fully aware. I was on vacation that week.
1: I remember in the email, it, says, I, it was it
2: was my fault. They tried to get me back, and I was like, I can't. Like I have no way of getting to the show in time. There's there's nothing I can I'm do.
1: I, the, the amount of times Neverland called me on a vacation. I mean, I remember being at the beach with my family right before we started, and they called oh. me like, starting a dance lab tomorrow. You Stop to it! Like, <laughs> like I mean. it's just it environment you know, <laughs> the abuse that we took like really in that problem i mean it was crazy but yeah. it made us it made us so close because yeah. we yeah to get through it yeah and there's something about that theater and about the people in that cast that it'll, it'll never i hate to say it but like it will never be like that again yeah just there's like a very special thing we all had to kind of get through that chit show, right? We had to do. It. We, didn't have the plans. we didn't have the coverage. It was always like, "Here, Tylee, hold a script and play Henshaw," even though you didn't really that part, and you've never been asked to do it today at the matinee, right? We Literally, we would have to hold a script in their hands, yeah. The only roles they were not asked to cover. Oh my all god. The Broadway with cut tracks and people I mean it was madness it was
2: hilarious I mean like just looking back you kind of just have to laugh you know it's just like it it was wild the amount of times that we would call people that left the show to come back to do a show for like a day or two was wild like it was literally
1: and you kept getting called for the tour. I got called for the tour 17 times. I went on the tour. No, we talked about this. Stop, Mary Paige. You want to I talk
2: know. about a shit show. I know. I know.
1: <laughs> we were
2: doing the labs for it too when like they yes. we were doing the show on Broadway. I was like, this is a, this is crazy. Okay,
1: um all great people involved and like yeah, I, I don't like, regret any of it. I'm grateful for all of it
2: absolutely i i to this day say like it's my favorite thing that i've ever done and like it's honestly just like because of the community that was like formed you know like we genuinely got excited to see each other every night
1: yeah and there's not a single a single person in that cast or that crew or backstage that i would not like i would get caught at a event With right. That I would not want to talk to for twenty minutes.
2: Absolutely.
1: Every single person was like, "How are you? How's your family? How?" Like, yeah. We were all there was not one bad egg, not a single one.
2: And it's crazy too, because like we had different levels of you know the star power between Matthew and Kelsey, Laura, Michelle, Kara, Lee. And yes. then like a bunch of like to kids and dogs, you know, like a
1: dog take your care of take, her, take Yeah, literally. Care her of. Wow. People and not
2: care- and not one person, you know, like put themselves above anyone else, you know? Like it was never no. an ego thing or anything. And it was no, it was we were, great.
1: We were so lucky, like with Kelsey and Matthew and Laura, like you know i've worked with famous people since then and like sure there's always a different thing like whether they need space or however they need to protect their yeah bodies, their bodies. but like i always felt so like they were such good leaders yeah of the, of the cast you know and like just cr- keeping the culture alive of, of like you know having us over to their dressing room to have drinks <laughs> mostly grandma would host <laughs> Parties for us in his dressing room. Right. <laughs> and Laura would get it all decorated. I know. walk up the stoop, and Kelsey Grammer is like mixing cocktails a <laughs> in a pitcher, and they're all like cucumber sandwiches that he special wore. So cute. Talking. I mean, the man hosted parties in yeah. dressing room for us. Yeah. The sweetest man. And same with Matt. Like, remember, he, we would go to Southern Hospitality. Oh, yeah on over like i just bought the bar out for a couple hours like tay Diggs would come by and
2: yes oh my god i remember that <laughs>
1: like hey it was just,
2: just it was wild just
1: so fun. they were so generous and like great leaders in that way
2: yeah for sure I- i'll never forget matthew's going away either matthew's going away oh, was pretty okay. sick too um yeah and just absolutely like everyone sobbing you know like <laughs> another <laughs> yeah like holy moly what and are we gonna do left
1: the show, we... Oh, oh. also a cool thing i've been thinking about this with our happy trails we've only had one person do a happy trails of beautiful noise so far a couple uh-huh. of vacation swings but like i was thinking about finding neverland every time we did a happy trails courtney and paul and someone they yes were a song
2: yes
1: a fully fully fresh lyrics and Rory, and they would write a song for a full song for each It was wild. And we would all gather on the steps, and we would wow. and We would all cheer and cry like you would like.
2: Ball. We would. We would. No one would do well. Even like oh, literally yeah. when the dog handler left, we were all like, "Don't leave! No, like no, <laughs> we can't do this." Um, no, that's
3: yeah. That.
2: No one, literally.
3: No,
2: It's wild. I completely forgot about those songs until you said that. I'll never forget Sawyer's song. Sawyer's song, everyone was a mess. Um, And literally, that was like so early on, because like, that was kind of my introduction to everyone. And I was like, wow, like, just the community, that was the first time that I was like, the community here is like something really special. Mm -hmm. Um. And it was, it's just, it's so great to be a part of it. But um, yeah, I, I'll never forget in that show, just thinking back at it, one of our favorite parts of the show was literally, as, as the kids, we would always be so excited when intermission hit because the first thing that we were going to do was that odd track. And what we were going to do is we were going to come over to Miriam's, like, little tea cart to eat cookies and, like, do all the things, and Miriam Mar- is who Mary Page like. That was like her character's name, um, and uh, we would we would always be so excited because we would have like a little snack, but then we'd Aww. be like, oh, we have to like save some for for the cart, and and Aww. we have to like think of a prank and or something to do for Mary Page, um, and we were always doing something oh messing with god, you. That
1: makes me so happy. Oh I my god. Yeah. So sweet. We
2: loved it. We, we, the kids, we had so much fun. It, oh like, my gosh,
1: with the, our, the costume rack in the back. Oh like, yeah,
2: everything. So
1: that scene was my favorite thing to do in the entire show. Really? Yeah, because we just were ridiculous. I mean, we got, well, we were so full out with our characters. Like Miriam, yeah. was a fully fleshed out. Yeah. Character. And she had, we, I, I, she, Miriam, had relationships right. with every single kid, as you said. Yeah, you would come, you would mess with the spoon, you would take a bite of the cookie. But I knew I had everything laid out. I was like, I know this person's going to want a cookie. Healthy grammar needs his spoon. Right? It was like <laughs> a react play with a tea cart that no one ever saw. No, <laughs> I mean they would. That's the stuff that makes made that show so full. It's like, yeah, you know, you had such characters, characters, yeah, that we were fully in the whole show and like playing with you guys on like, oh. with the different costumes i would put you know crazy hats on y'all and mess yeah oh my so god fun.
2: the cowboys and indians costumes and stuff like that like yeah. it was it was awesome it like literally we as the kids too like you know we never felt like we were never had that feeling of like oh you're just a kid you know type of thing oh. that like you would get like you know as a child in the industry or whatever and we never felt like that, you know, during Neverland. It was, it was really, it was really no, special. You,
1: guys were the fa- you were part of the film. You were our friends.
2: Yeah, no, literally. And that's what it seemed like. It was so, it was uh, awesome. And I think like, that's why I say like, that's when, like, that was my favorite thing. You know, like I never felt alone in that show. Um, it surprises me to say that that's your favorite though because I thought you were gonna say play which I have to talk to you about because oh. that was another fun little kid the kids loved to play and loved play the ensemble version that yeah. made its way onto the cast album. How did that whole thing come about? I-, I don't actually know if I actually know this story so talk to me about this story and, and how that kind of got to the album
1: Wow okay so that. That number was fun, but it was so hard that we it was always like, oh, God, I have to do play again. Right. <laughs>
2: I'm we, sure it's exhausting. It oh looked exhausting. I
1: mean, we, were, we were, like, shoving tape across yeah. the stage and jumping up on them, falling off of them, like, banging mugs on the – I mean, it was just, like, it was so hard. After
2: just recovering from Stronger, too, I'm sure. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, right?
2: That number was fun, but it was like, oh, God, here we go.
1: Every yeah, for sure. And that song – you know, when you're in a new Broadway show, you hear 40 versions of Yeah. Like, what the songs are eventually going to be and um like uh all that matters, Laura yeah. song. In the first workshop it used to be Feels Just Like Summer.
3: Oh. It so was
1: like Feels Just Like Summer. Like she those were the words.
3: Wow. And all
1: that matters, which was, you know, but we saw, you know, we saw and heard all these 100 versions of each of those songs. Yeah. And there was this like kind of and you know Anne marie malazo the yeah. brilliant vocal designer who is why i'm in a beautiful noise and she did a beautiful noise too oh my god he came up with all these little like chants and you know vocal parts throughout the show and one of them was this there were elements of it in the play version that we ended up doing um hey hey ho here we go down to the bottom of the bottle we go hey, hey ho hey we're gonna down it we kind of added that but that hey-ho, here we go, down to the bottom of the bottle, we go, used to be in a version of play. Uh-huh. Well, we had all these kind of like sound bites that we had experienced throughout the process, but to answer your original question, because I'm going all over the place. Rory, no, it's great. Donovan and I both had this like affinity for folk bluegrass music. We yeah. Figured out like in our friendship that we like a lot of the same bands and sound and he has a banjo and plays the banjo. And so... We took a, we all took a trip. I think during Boston to Vermont. He had like a family lake house up there. Mm-hmm. So we all like a bunch of us, like ten of us, got in cars, drove up to Vermont, and had this oh like my god. weekend at at this lake house in Vermont. You know, Thane is out there on like the canoe. You know, we were like, oh my god, so they're hanging out. And um, one night we were all just hanging out, and we were joking about doing each song in the show as a different style. And every oh. longer we were like, what if it was like a heavy metal song? Or we like like and so we were all oh. like jamming on you know, jamming and laughing about what these different songs could be like R and B or whatever and play, mm-hmm. we just were like riffing on playing. We're like, Okay, if that was bluegrass, what would it sound like? And he had his banjo out, we started playing it and it just kinda happened and then we kind of worked it out while we were in Vermont. And then we came back to Broadway to rehearse. And anytime we had extra time, you know, downtime, Rory and I would be like, do you want to like run into the other studio and like work work this out? And so did a little um, like a downtime thing for us to do, like something to make us feel good in all right. And so we came up with this version of play, just the two of us in like that little room on the side. Yeah. Extra rehearsal room. And then we didn't know what it was going to be. We just liked it and whatever. And we told Anne Marie about it. And she kept saying, you know, she wanted to hear it. And so the last day in the studio, we were at New 42 Studios and um, we were pulling up the tape, you know, from the floor, moving into the Broadway. Of course. It was the last day. And we were like, oh, Anne Marie, like, we want to play you the song. So it was me, Rory, Anne Marie came around and then Elliot Kennedy who wrote was in the room and we played it for them people kind of started to like come around. I have videos of all this. It's so cool. Oh. And they were like, this is incredible. Oh my gosh. We have to like, people were kind of joining in and singing whatever. And you, well, I guess you weren't there, but the boys, uh, Diane and Mia and Laura and Matthew and all the boys and, and the book writer, um, James were, were all in the other studio.
0: Uh-huh.
1: With like stage managers and whatever. And, and Elliot Kennedy and David Chase, they're like, come, we got to show this for Diane. We got to play this for Diane. Oh. So like the whole cast and, you know, like Haley Bennett is now like, all she was like a oh, musical.
3: Oh my God. The
1: they, everybody came in and we all sat down in front of Diane and, you know, the, all the boys. And we just sang it. Mia Michaels is there, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: It and everyone just kind of like joined in and it was this total magical Oh, in, in time just celebrating the energy of our show the, the spirit of our community and our relationships and what that song was was that moment and um right only it was like this is so good i want it on the album
3: yes stop is, it
1: wow you know mary mitchell campbell was there who's our oh
3: my concert, god
1: you know queen and they were all like okay so wow for the album and Mary Mitchell had told us before, like me and Rory, she's like, she's like, you know, we want to do this, but like if we don't have time, you know, when you record a and yeah. you have one day, and it's very timed out, and you have to get everything done. And she was like, if if we have time, we're gonna do this at the end.
2: Of the day. Oh my god!
1: And so Rory and I are just like freaking out. We're so excited, and we're like rehearsing in the corner. You know, I love it. I get Marie. I'm like, does this harmony sound okay? You know, yeah. you know. She's like, yeah, babe. Yeah. <laughs> um and then after that we recorded wow. the album i remember like running across the street and getting a bottle of whiskey for everybody We passed out oh. we all took a shot of whiskey and like then we had the empty bottle and people had like keys on journals and like anything that makes noise yeah it we was really brilliant had, like, ukulele i mean everyone gathered around we had one take we had, wow like, one for me, one for Rory, and then everyone was kind of like surround sound behind us. Yeah, and they were like, "Hit it!" And we did it.
2: <laughs> That's crazy, and it turned out amazing.
1: It was great. I mean, I, if we had like really mic'd it, and rehearsed. I mean, we would never rehearsed this thing. It was just like, "Sing yeah. whatever comes to you." Wow. And it's it's like one of the most magical like it just means so much to me i feel like this
2: video is on youtube somewhere because i feel like i've definitely seen it okay it's brilliant everyone needs to go watch it like because you'll totally see what she's saying in the sense of like the empty bottle and like the keys like whatever was making noise people were just grabbing and just like doing it like whatever um it's awesome. I, I'm obsessed. I had no idea it was like you and Rory and like you guys were kind of figuring it out and then you kind of presented it. That That's so fascinating. I love yeah. it. And then, of course, it ended up on the album.
1: It, it's so cool. Vial. You know, uh, Michael McElroy who um, was the original like um, <clears throat> music. I mean, created the Broadway Inspirational Voices and uh-huh. ran it for years up until last year, I want to say a couple years ago um he actually reached out to carol lee who was in the show he heard the version on the album and said you know who arranged this because oh my god and I didn't really get credit we, we got credit a little bit in like the back of the album but
3: mm-hmm. it
1: doesn't say our names if you know if you play it on spotify you won't see our names nobody knows that we made it um Right. And so he asked Carolee, because that's who she he knew of the show. Like, who made this? I want to I want to do this for Broadway Inspirational Voices and make an arrangement for this version. Like, can I get approval? And Lee very sweetly asked, connected him with me and Rory. And so now the Broadway Inspirational Voices have an amazing version.
2: Oh, I had no idea.
1: Our cover. Of that's show. amazing. Yeah, and it's amazing. So people should listen to that too.
2: Oh. I love that. See, everyone's supporting everyone here. Um, so cute. Um, well, we've talked enough about Finding Neverland. So, uh, and we're already like uh, we've already been here forever. If you need to go, just like let me know. I know.
1: Um, God, tell me to shut up, and I. Won't.
2: I know, no, because I could literally talk to you forever, and I'm I'm loving this right now, and, and kind of reminiscing about it all. It's it's fantastic. Uh, But I do want to talk to you uh, about uh, what's currently going on over at A Beautiful Noise. Uh, Obviously, you're over there right now, which is super exciting. I mentioned, like, obviously, before we were recording and everything, I saw the show opening night. And absolutely fell in love with the show um i'm obsessed with it in every way will swenson is s- stupid um it should be illegal how good he is in that role mm-hmm. um but here he is doing it um and uh you of course you're like the, the star ensemble dancer you know front row of all of the all of the songs i'm like oh my god go empty. you know it's like it's so good um it's it's a it's really like a concert you know it's not unlike anything like I, I it's so r- rare to have on Broadway. I mean, there's a lot of these like bio musicals coming out now that's like starting to like feel concerty, but to, this show in particular with the set and the band and where everything is placed, it literally feels like you're at like Madison Square Garden for like two hours you know
3: Ooh, <laughs> it's so cool
2: yeah um so t- and then of course you you're understudying the lead of Marsha in in the show which is played by Robin Herder, usually um the who's fantastic it's unbelievable as well her performance is ridiculous um but you understudy her and just had your first ever principal bow like not even on Broadway but like principal that's bow right. like That is wild. What was happening? What was happening in that head of yours? Oh
1: my gosh! Thanks for bringing it up, Eli. Um, Oh my god. Oh my gosh! So many things were happening in my head, and yeah, it's the first time I've ever been in a musical and played a role that had their own bow.
2: Yeah. What?
1: Ever in my life, and I've been performing since I was eight years old. Like, cause I don't, I don't know how to explain it. I've just never. I've never gotten parts. Like, yeah, I did community theater my entire like for ten years in a row, and I, you know, of course, auditioned for like wanted to be Annie. In, oh, in the of Bulldogs course, and I ended up getting Peaches, who's the like the Annie Warbucks. This is a sequel to Annie, by the way. <laughs> um, it's like a role, but I, I, had like four lines, you know, and yeah, uh, whatever. Like, and then I really? Footloose, and I was auditioning for like three girl, you know, the three friends, and I didn't get any of those parts and i ended up getting like because one person backed out and they bumped me up i get betty blast which was (laughs) my favorite role i've ever played honestly oh because it it was the first time i realized i could do comedy and it was Uh a special moment for me but betty blast doesn't get her own bow she's in one scene right so like in in high school i just i never i never got i never played a lead ever ever my whole life Um, not even a lead, but like someone that had more than five lines. Like, even in Finding Neverland, I had one line and I remember all my friends were like, you had a line, (laughs) you know?
2: Yes, sir. Um, Cucumber sandwiches. sandwiches.
1: I milked that line. Oh,
2: absolutely. It was iconic.
1: Oh my God. But yeah, I just feel like my whole life I've been trying to do so much with so little yeah. Because I'm always just in the ensemble, which I, I love that work. But I've had so much practice making tiny things into huge things because it's all I've ever been given. And I've always thought like, what if I was given something real to work with? Yeah. Think about what I could do and like what how I could grow and how much better I could get if I could just have an opportunity to like do more. I mean, sing full songs. Like I've never yeah. I've sung full songs in cabarets or whatever you know, sure. like Broadway sessions, but like barely you know but I, ha- I have never i've done other types of performances but in a musical to like i i was joking with my voice teacher i was like i've never had a number Yeah. I've never, I've never had a number that was like my number i've had numbers that i'm like featured in or right early modern million i played um pearl lady who's like kind of gets sure. it, or in guys and dolls i was like the havana dancers like Uh featured and tells a story in a number but i've never been like the center of like i'm singing the song and i'm dancing the dance and it's Uh, never ever ever, i need to
2: see you do forever in blue jeans like seriously i think i'll lose my mind it's gonna be crazy
1: it's so fun so anyway when this show like came up i'm really going in because you asked me but it's like such a big deal yeah because when the show came up really truly how i got this show is anne marie uh-huh. Doing a workshop of Joy of her new musical Oh my workshop. god, yeah. And I was it was like a twenty-nine hour reading directed by Sammy Cannold, who is a, oh my god. Now is a good friend of mine who was on Finding Neverland in Boston. Yes. He was a PA or like crazy instance and now she's rock star director. She was directing that and I was just doing a reading and, and Marie was like, Oh my god, I'm doing Neil Diamond next week. You are you available? Like I need people. What? And sure. Yeah. I was so at the time. I was like, yeah, I'll do a reading, whatever. She got me in. Wow. We did a vocal workshop. Like I just kept hanging around. Like they kept, I, I th- never thought in a million years I would do the show. Yeah. Broadway, absolutely not. I was like, oh, I'm just doing a reading. Right. And it kept happening. And they, they kept being super interested in me, which was kind of shocking. Cause I was like, Okay, okay, like this just doesn't happen in my career. I always feel like I have to fight for something or audition for something 20 times before I actually get it. Yeah. Just kept being like, would you like to do the next workshop? I was like, oh, sure. sure." Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) They were like, we're really interested in her and we want her to cover Marsha and Jay. And I was like, who are they? I never heard the trip. Like, because we were just doing the music. And so they had always been interested in me doing this. And I was just kind of like, never. I feel like I've had to claw for everything in my life. And this is just like, they were like, yeah, I think she's just right for it. Wow. I, I, I was like, okay, but I was scared out of my mind once I realized what the part was. Yeah. And originally it was Sherry Renee Scott did the workshop who
3: oh. is an
1: icon. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I'm understanding Sherry Renee Scott. I was like, I can, I can do that. I'm not good enough. I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing, you know. and, and you know, like, Not doing the next thing for whatever reason and it ended up being Robin Herter. Who is Broadway's triple threat, and then Literally. the role on her, which Ridiculous. she added like dance and her voice, she's got this rock star voice. Like they crafted this role that I ended up being really right for. Yeah. So for random. Sure. I mean, I d I didn't even audition for it.
3: Wow. Like, I never,
1: I never auditioned for it. They just were like, you can do it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify, whether you're selling a little or a lot.
2: Yeah, even from that, the beginning. That's wild. Oh, my God.
1: Because they didn't even know what the part was yet. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I certainly couldn't have known that I would have been good at it. Right. Like, <laughs>
3: Stop it. Yeah,
2: Come on.
1: It was the first time in my entire career that I haven't had to fight for something. Like Right. They, the creative team has believed in me since day zero. Oh, that's and amazing. I have like, nothing but wonderful things to say about the everyone on the creative team, associates, assistants, i've always felt Mm. so valued in that room
2: that's amazing
1: and that doesn't happen a lot in this right um and i just was so taken by how i felt in the room and how supported and like just valued i i was just i felt like they were they really wanted me to be there yeah Um, and they were really grateful that i was and so that kind of was why i kept up with the show and then so to understand this thing it turned into this you know the i got more and more intimidated as the role like became what it was um but i also knew that i could do it yeah. and so i just worked really hard i worked on the songs i mean i also tend to do comedy like the, like standing still and singing a love battle yeah. sung by barbara streisand like kill me that's, <laughs> my- that's like my like nightmare
3: stop it I oh my god like, I always
1: I like I always think people can't take me seriously or I can't do right. things like oh I just am like a comedic person and so here I here I was you know last week on Broadway oh my god. Meeting, show my hands like the fact that I could just stand there without moving my hands you know and singing this song and being connected and
3: was it
2: wild or, it, was, it was
1: wild it was yeah like, I had to say it was like I have been wanting to prove to myself that I could do something like
3: that. Yeah.
1: My entire life. So I had a great hope that I would be able to do it, but I really didn't have any evidence.
3: Oh. <laughs>
1: you know, like I knew that I could, but I had never done it before. So to do it and I felt so in my power, I felt like it was, you know, like my dreams were coming true and I felt ready for it. You know, like oh. I just, it felt like I... I was ready and, and so I was able to like fully be there and just respond and I felt so right. Like I felt like I've been doing it my whole life. Yeah. I never had and I just got the most amazing response from my friend. I mean, it's like I had like 30 people in the audience. My parents came up on an Amtrak train that almost burned down in New Jersey. They had to take no. a cab to get what? there. Yes. What? <laughs> on fire. This is crazy.
0: They
1: took oh, a $300 Uber. From New Jersey Stop. to get there and drive, yes.
2: No, oh my god, I'm so sorry, but I'm glad um, they got there. Me too. Oh, that's crazy.
1: Almost, almost burned down the Broadhurst Theater, which is maybe a story from another time. You did. I did that same day.
2: Stop it! Yeah. What'd you do?
1: I I put a hat on a light bulb. Oh, great. Which I do upstairs in our dressing rooms because they're LED. I shouldn't do it don't do that everybody don't do it
2: oh my god but
1: I had done it since for three months because like that's where I would just put my hat right because everyone puts stuff on their light bulb was it
2: like, your little MP hat? hat I love that hat
1: oh my god and it wasn't it was like a bright orange oh okay Harhart um, of course got into like robin Herter's beautiful perfect dressing room and i was like oh, I make it feel like home i guess i'll just put my hat up on the light bulb well it turns out they were regular light bulbs so oh
2: my god <laughs> the
1: entire crew it went from like one person no stop 10, it oh 10 crew members like they're moving ceiling tiles they're like they thought it was a burning fan belt they thought <laughs> I mean,
2: stop it
1: this was an hour and a half before my principal debut. <laughs> right. I almost oh down the building. Oh, my
2: God. Hey, well, at least you didn't have to think about your nerves in that instance. You were kind of just thinking, oh, my God, please let me not burn down the theater. I oh, my God. It
1: was great because I was so nervous that that made everybody just, like, laugh. In the it was theater. a great
2: distraction. Yeah. I was
1: like, if, if like, the worst I could possibly do is burn down the Broadhurst Theater. And, <laughs> oh and that's already happened. So like anything that happens no. after this will be fine.
2: Oh my god. That is a riot.
1: But yeah. So that's twenty minutes to say it was incredible. It yeah. It was like it felt like a like sort of divinely crafted moment that I got to live out and now I know that I can do that. And I feel right. like I feel like I unlocked a piece of my power that I didn't have before. So
2: yeah, it's crazy because I mean, you're in the, it's not like you're just like an understudy, you know, like you are in the show eight shows a week, you know, so you're not like just there to sit backstage and understudy, you're like fully doing it. So it, with the show, you know, just recently opening, I was kind of like, surprised. first of all, I didn't know you understudied uh, Marsha, And I also didn't realize that, you know, it was it didn't open that long ago. So like Mm -hmm. for someone who was rehearsing their own track to then do another track just a couple months after opening, I was like, already? Like how? Um, Were you able to rehearse during the whole tech and previews thing or, or was it a lot of just, yeah, go for it.
1: A lot. So our, we have a, we have a standby who uh-huh. usually goes on for r- r- the female roles. Oh, okay. So I knew that she was there and would go on first. So when I was in previews, honestly, I wasn't really, I was well, I definitely wasn't rehearsed, but I wasn't. Right. Really about Like I knew the lines, like, but I had never like really done anything. Um, Cause I knew she would go on and she did end up going on like pretty early on. Cause Robin was sick early hmm. in the process. Um, But I knew that I was kind of like the last to go on because there are Mm -hmm. three understudies for her. And what? Yeah. One is a standby who always goes on first. And then Paige Foray, brilliant woman, she had gone on in Boston. And so she'd already done it Mm. and everything. So I was like, well, she'll go on second. Like I knew that I was like the third cover. Right. I wasn't really stressed about it. But I definitely tried to learn it on my own as much as I could. Yeah, of course. Um, but then, so I would say I guess like a couple, like two months ago, I finally started getting rehearsed for it and we did a put-in. Wow. Um, and the rehearsals were, you know, as good as they could be, like kind of quick because we were putting in some new ensemble members, so we kind of tried to all do it. Now. Oh,
2: right, right, right.
1: Um, and so I did get a put-in, which felt like a massive, like thing to accomplish but that was two and a half months ago
2: oh my gosh so I,
1: truly i thought i would never go on like i was because i've i've understood a principle before on tour i did bright star uh-huh and i never went on the whole time so like wow I, I experience too like i knew i was the third cover robin is a tank and she never calls out but she's just so hardworking and yeah she's just really durable i don't know she's a amazing um but she had two personal days that were scheduled. She was filming something for PBS, this, like, Broadway concert. Yeah. She was in the course line. <laughs> um, she, so she had these two scheduled days that I knew about, and Becky, our standby, was supposed to go on, um, but she broke her toe. The oh, no. Before. I know. She's okay, and she's feeling better now. Okay, good. Um, but it was her baby toe, but it was just annoying. She, like, right. could do it, but she probably shouldn't, and... Um, so they ended up splitting the day I got to do one and then Paige, our other he got to do oh it. Oh, my God. Either. So, yeah, so I had, like, two days' notice. Wild. Which I, so that, I had tell people and they could come, yeah. I'm just for
2: kidding. sure. I, I'm shocked that you got to put in. At Neverland, I don't I know. know if that would have happened. Okay.
1: Let <laughs> I tell you, people in this building are... Uh, On top so of it. Easy. Yeah, and, like, people, even, like, swings and stuff, all that they they take care of people well here you know yeah we could, uh, we could be more supported honestly we we could have been taken care of better however like there, i have seen shows where they take care of them very well and I feel yeah like we do a pretty good job but mm-hmm. neverland
2: honey yeah we were not
1: people are like you know i didn't get a, I didn't get a put also great comment. i didn't get in put-
2: yeah no i did not
1: Put for like Anthony Warlow and Alfie Bow, right? Like major leads, like nobody got put ins, but nobody it was rehearsals. I didn't get a put in for Wendy, I just did it, right? I didn't get a for Miss Bassett, I just did it. Like,
2: but it's wild because just- it seems like we rehearsed every day.
1: Well, that's <laughs> But we were always rehearsing a new famous person Uh,
2: yeah (laughs) amen that's hilarious
1: i feel like people people who have been going into our show have been like new cast members and new swings have been very well prepared yeah the first four weeks
2: that's amazing
1: When i went into great comet i went in in previews i learned a track in a week oh my god I, i was on stage in front of a broadway house by the end of that week, having never done a put in, and by never done a put in, I mean I never ran the show. Oh my god! With anyone other than like the uh, twins.
2: Yeah. Oh my god.
1: And there are like thirty people in that show. <sighs> I had never done it in my costume. I had never done it in my mic. I had never done it. Period.
2: And that show had to be like wild too, because like it wasn't a stage; it was like a whole.
1: Yes! No, it was a whole theater. It was a stage. It was wild. Yes. So like the people, I don't think people understand like how well they're being taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> you wow. Know? I, which is like, as that's they great be. to hear.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: But I'm, I'm like the bitter Betty who's like, back in my <laughs> <laughs> well, Now you're the
2: veteran. Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: You know, now I'm that person, which is so weird.
2: You're the Josh Lehman now. I am.
3: I'm
1: the Josh Layman. <laughs>
2: oh, that's amazing. I love that so much. Well, I've got to talk to you about one more thing, and then I'll finally let you go. But, um, you know, you've been able to do all of this while dealing with your own personal, like, life. And that's a whole other thing that people forget about, is that, you know, life happens, too, for performers. Um, so while you've been having this career on Broadway and throughout your musical theater, you know, career and journey um, you've had to manage doing eight shows a week while dealing with endometriosis. So I can't imagine like what that even means for you, like in, in that process and what it's like to perform and all of that. But like, like talk to me about being a performer and having to do eight shows and you know, I mean, it's we have this thing in theater where we're like, it's okay to call out, but like, it's hard to like get to that place of, oh, it is okay, and let me call out, let me take care of myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, what has that journey been like for you in kind of dealing with it as a performer?
1: Oh my gosh, Eli, thank you for asking me. Oh no, yeah, a whole other hour for this topic.
2: Yeah, literally.
1: Why to be quick? Yeah, but it's been a it's like been a whole journey and I so yes, I have endometriosis, which I know now, and I only got diagnosed about six years ago. So when uh-huh. I was doing Netherland, I didn't know that I had wow. it. But I yeah. Um so just for people listening, if you don't know what that is, endometriosis is it affects one in ten people born with uterus. Mm-hmm. Um one in 10. So that's many, like a lot of people have this, they have this disease and it's a disease in which tissue that's like similar to the tissue inside your uterus grows outside of your uterus and it can, it can affect your diet. Diaf- it can grow in your diaphragm, your bladder, your, I mean, women have it in their like, like lungs, like like oh literally people coming with collapsed lungs and they'll be like, oh, it's endometriosis. Like it can affect your entire system. Wow. a of organs obviously you know more common areas are around the uterus ovaries like um you know people can have all kinds of symptoms that no sure. one really think relates to that type of issue so it's really hard to get diagnosed because if you have symptoms that relate to your lung you're not going to go to a gyno you're going to go to like a lung person and if that person isn't educated in that it's going to be hard to figure out what that is um yeah so it can affect people so differently depending on the stage and depending on what your symptoms are. For me, my symptoms were, um, it's a systemic disease. So it affects your whole system and how you kind of intake your hormones and how, how they're regulated or not, or um, energy levels, like tons of things like that. So my biggest symptoms were like extreme, just like fatigue and just exhaustion and just being tired all the time. And um not having regulated hormones and dealing with like spikes of you know like cortisol like you're just hormones being all over the place which can affect anxiety and crazy things like that which um people don't realize so much to do with just like eating and taking the right supplements and regulating things like that all
2: wonderful things for performers yes (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my god (laughs) i can't imagine mary (sighs) page
1: thing for me was um well I had some symptoms that were like bladder related which I didn't know early okay I'm like that's TMI but like the, I just didn't know that that's what it was and I was dealing with that during all during Neverland and the biggest thing yeah. for me is, has been pain so uh-huh. um, back pain specifically and just like oh. excruciating pain on my period but also kind of throughout the month so people also don't realize it's not just on your period that you get these symptoms they can flare up based on anything like too much sugar wow. like you're you're susceptible to so many flare-ups oh based God. on how you eat and if you're stressed or tired or whatever um so for me it was like the biggest symptoms on my period every yeah. month I would have doubled or like I'm talking like excruciating pain wrapping around my entire back and you know front area and nausea so I would I remember being at the top floor of the PT room of Neverland yeah. after PT and just being like, like weeping. I was in so much pain Ugh. and throwing up,
3: throwing no. up multiple
1: times. Oh yeah, so I would get nausea like as soon as my oh, period would come, I would be doubled over in pain and I'd be throwing up, which like makes the stomach pain worse. And then I would do a Broadway show that night.
2: Yeah, which is crazy. What's so? you were de- you've been dealing with it but you weren't that di- you hadn't been diagnosed hadn't until after it. neverland okay right. got it
1: For a long, i just was like oh i just get bad periods because that's what i wow. was conditioned to think from my doctors <sighs> universe so because that's how we talk about we don't talk about the fact that that's not normal right um, And so I remember, like, this would be my experience. I'm talking, like, for five hours out of the day, I would be, like, shivering because I couldn't keep water down. I was throwing up so much, and I was in so much pain. And then I would just do a normal job at
0: night. How? How? I don't think I ever
1: called out for my period all through that time. And I remember talking to Joe Conger, the world's best PT, um, who was our PT, and he suggested acupuncture, like, that that could help. So. Oh. I tried acupuncture. I was going like three times a week. I was taking Chinese herbs. I was going to like a healer who prescribed me mountain water and did like ceramic <laughs> this energy work on me. Like, what? I-, I tried everything. Oh, I tried man. everything. All kinds of like supplements and whatever and like. I was like, what is wrong with me? Why, why do I feel so awful? And I remember talking about it in the dressing rooms with the girls. Like, how's your day? I said, oh, like threw up like five hours. They were like, what? <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I'm on my period. <laughs> I remember being like, they were like, huh. Right. Okay. Like it was almost like the feedback from them of being like, you know, that doesn't happen on my period. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? So just talking about it was helpful because I understood that what I was experiencing wasn't normal. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so I was dealing with that all throughout oh the run God. and then same during Great Comet and then finally I went to an endometriosis. Spe- oh no, I, it was so bad. I was so sick. I went to the hospital, I went to the ER. Yeah. Just on my period. Cause I was so sick. I couldn't keep down water. I needed an IV for like sustenance, like Stop literally for fluids. Yeah. And I went to the ER and the doctor was like, Hey, so I think you have, you know, I think you might have endometriosis, and I was like, "What is that?" I had never mm. heard the word. Really? I had been complaining to my, I I had been seeing actual doctors. Yeah. For that, years. I
2: you know? don't get it. Wow, and that's no one crazy.
1: Had said that word right? To me. <laughs>
3: like what?
1: And of course, I go home and I'm like, "What is endometriosis?" You know, like, of do course. You know, like, look on instagram there's a ton about it i've been sharing the stories and i was like well, hold on hold on hold on i have this this is what i have oh, I right have nausea, pain stomach pain you know other things like nausea yeah pain, pain, intercourse like things like that I, was mm. like, oh, I have all these things like ah. um and then i ended up going to this specialist who diagnosed me you can't really get diagnosed without a surgery which is another crazy thing but he was like 99 sure that i had it and then i ended up doing the laparoscopy to see what was going on. And then they ended up finding it and taking it all out. And so uh, oh, wow. I have now had two surgeries for it. Yeah. Um, and I have spoken out about it on my platforms as much as I can because it changes women's lives. Had I known about that, have I known about it five years before? Right. I, my life would have been completely different. Uh, mm. And now that I'm educated about it, I can do so many things to support my hormones, to support, you know, my energy, my, body that I didn't know I could do before. Yeah. In addition to having the surgery to kind of clear it out. They basically go in and cut out all the tissue. Oh my god. But it grows back. So there's no actual like cure. Wow. Yeah. So I tried it really quick but that's a big subject. So yeah. So that's that. Wild. It it has taught me so much about myself and about self-care and about slowing down. Yeah. I do think I'm a person that tends to say yes to everything, Mm -hmm. not anymore, but in my younger. (laughs) (laughs) And I think like, had I not had that disease, like literally it made me sit on my ass and take care of myself. Like that's what the disease does. It it goes slow down, sit down. How are you taking care of yourself? Like what's too much for you? What's not like, how can we regulate your nervous system? How can we like it, it, forces you to slow down and I'm grateful for it even though it's been horrible and I've had a lot of terrible experiences with it that I wish upon nobody but it has taught me a lot about how I want to live my life and how I should live my life and how to just kind of regulate myself in the world um I had to slow down and you know have moments where I'm stimulated and get to go on for a lead in a Broadway show but then I now know how to kind of come down from that and yeah regulate so it's not like my whole system is off all the time um so i am ultimately grateful that i have it and that i'm able to speak about it and have other people learn about it yeah but um and be in
2: touch with your own body you know type of thing that's incredible Oh my God. I can't imagine. That's just wild to me. um, This whole journey that I was following on Instagram and all the things. And you got, you had a, a wonderful support, you know, touching on the theater community again, you know, like you had a GoFundMe and like everyone was coming together. Like you were everywhere on my social media for like a solid two weeks, you know, when you were going through all of this. And I was just like, I can't, because that like i started doing research because you were posting about it and i was like oh like Mm -hmm. what is it because you know like my family and girlfriend or whatever like they they deal with like hard like you know period pain and all the things like that so it's just like it's like oh like this is interesting like and it's just just like you said it's just like using your platform and and talking about it 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 can do so much for not only yourself but like anyone else like literally um because it is So common, you know, it's wild. It's wild, and and to hear that you've been the way that you've had to manage it, because not only do you have to do eight shows a week and everything, but you have to deal with this and also like put on a face for others in in the room that you're with, you know, to make them feel like comfortable and and whatever, you know, like I there was never a day at the theater where I was like, oh. I don't know. Mary Page may be going through something today, you know, or whatever. Because there were definitely days where, like, the kids would be like, "Oh, I don't know what's going on." Like Laura Michelle maybe seems a little sad today. She's going through her fourth breakup yeah. of the of the month or whatever. <laughs> I love her. She was she was on a date. She she would tell us all about it, and and she loved talking about it. Um, fourth date of the week it didn't go well and she was upset and you know it's maybe not like the day but um but there was never a moment that was like no. like mary page was always willing to to, she was always there for us she was always having fun with us she was always playing around you know it was you were always consistent you know and like it's crazy to hear that you were going through all of that while having to to perform and and you know, make sure everyone else was comfortable around you when you were not. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. No, seriously. It. It's, I mean it when I said earlier. Like one of the strongest people I know. After like <laughs> learning about it and following your journey, and like it, it's just been wild. Um. So how can how can people listening follow that journey and continue to follow it th- through you and like on your social platforms? What can you shout those out?
1: Yeah. Um. So I guess my Instagram is just at Mary Page Nan. Yeah can follow me there i haven't been great about posting a lot because i'm you know i don't know trying busy to- girl it's in my life yeah you know but Come um, on. i definitely post about endo for sure and um i think i have a highlight on my page that had like an endo highlight that has a bunch of references if people are interested oh, in learning more about it um and i'm always down for a dm if you have a question i can send you some you know some c- accounts that i'd like to look at to read you know learn about it and um And yeah, I mean, just do like Endo Foundation of America is great. It's the um, foundation that my surgeon is a part like founded and they have a ton of information online if you're curious about it. But um, yeah, it's definitely important to talk about and for us to like normalize being able to like say the word period out loud. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, even though some people are uncomfortable with that, but it's like, it's such a part of our lives that um, women have been taught to be ashamed of for so long. Um, that it's just, it's just ridiculous to me at this point. It's like, it's like anything else that happens in the world. Like right. It's, it's just something we need to be able to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Just being aware of it. And if you hear of any, anyone in your life that has struggles with, with that or like symptoms that sound similar, be like, Hey, have you looked up endometriosis? And there's, there's a bunch of different things that can be involved, but, um, you know, just knowing about it and talking about it is super important.
2: I love it. Wow. Craziness. Um, and kudos to you, you know, for so kicking. I mean like the surgery and the way that you've had to recover and everything like before, you know, starting a third Broadway show is just like, it's like, okay, like what more can you go through? But apparently you have to continue to go through it. Um, which is just, you know, we're here for you and we're, we're going to continue to follow that journey. And, uh, Wow, it just—it's inspiring. It really is, and uh, whatever you're doing on stage every night, you know as performers you know we're doing the thing and we're helping others and it's just it's so incredible and to watch you you know in your element uh, in a beautiful noise is, is so much fun so everyone go see her in a beautiful noise uh and follow her along with her journey are you kidding and it was like a Mar- page of mary you know like she's doing all of the things um are you kidding me this is yeah oh my god your little station um <laughs> Yeah, triple threat, entrepreneur, businesswoman, girl boss, um, all the things, you know, it's just it's, it's incredible. And and I'm so inspired by you. And I'm so thrilled to to have you on and catch up with you. It's, it's really been so much fun. I love you. You know that. But yeah. Oh, my God.
1: You. I think you're so special. And I'm so excited to see what you do. in oh. a few years. Even though you're still in college, and you're going to get through those two years. And then you're going to be out in the real world, even though you might feel like you're ready. But it's <laughs> not for you, and I'm so excited to witness um, it. Be your stop! Friend. You're very sweet. Not.
2: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um You're you're so sweet. Thank you so much. You definitely have a lot to take a bow for. So, thank you, Mary Page.
1: <laughs> thank you for having me.
2: Take about Mary Page Nance! Oh my God, just a wonderful episode. It was so great to catch up with her again, um, just, just talk to her about her journey that she's kind of gone on these past six years. I believe she said um, has been kind of is kind of wild, you know, like the fact that she was just performing and just thought you know it was a regular period and it was it was nothing that she thought was actually serious and but yet she was still trying to manage and she was still trying to power through and all these things you know it just it reminds us of how like important and and how um strong and and inspiring women are it it, women in general let alone what women performers have to go through that male performers don't have to go to go through um and and it, it's funny to say that like you know this industry has changed so much in even the past 8 years since neverland of how you know people are being treated and everything like that but there's still a lot of ways to go so, you know like but there's still a long way to go in in, in that sense as well so um just to to talk to her about all of that was kind of eye opening and I thought the perfect way to close out this women's month here in March, um, and and honoring all of those female stories that we've been so grateful to to have on the podcast this month. Um, and then of course we'll we'll continue these conversations because I think they're all very important uh moving forward for those of for those performers who are willing to speak out about it and, and talk to me about it. So a uh, huge shout out to Mary page for coming on here today to be uh, vulnerable with me and talk to, to me about it all and kind of raise awareness for uh, endometriosis and uh, all the women out there who, who may be going through the same thing um, without even like noticing or, or knowing what it is, you know, type of thing. Um, it, it's really incredible. Um, so wanted to share that all with you and I hope that you all enjoyed that and of course I hope you enjoyed uh, us talking about finding Neverland because I can literally talk about that show with anyone for three hours um, I know we talked about it for a long time so if you got bored of any of it hopefully you just skipped through and, and really did stay for the for the end there and then for the rest of the conversation because what she had to say about you know making her Broadway debut principal debut it was kind of really cool and we we don't have a lot of those stories on here Um especially lately you know it it seems like all of these debuts and everything happening it's just like another thing you know and and maybe people have already had that experience and everything so it's not as uh meaningful but we got a real raw reaction of literally something that happened just within not even a week um so to to allow uh, me to have her time is i'm just so thankful for mary page and uh hopefully you all enjoyed it and 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 kind of could kind of uh hear the the excitement and the and the rawness of it all and uh hopefully you enjoyed this episode so thanks for listening to this on a friday uh and perhaps over the weekend if, if you're listening to this i know it is a longer one so you may have had to drag it into the weekend for sure um but yeah thank you again for listening and as always uh stay tuned we have some incredible content coming uh another episode next week on Thursday i promise you cuz it's already done we have a couple episodes already done um so it was i just wanted to get this one out uh, in this month to honor both women's history month and also uh, endometriosis month so um obviously it was it was a great uh guest and opportunity that i did not want to pass on so uh march 31st here we are april's a new month everyone have a great april and and a fantastic holidays whatever you you celebrate uh hopefully you all enjoy the spending time with your family and uh yeah so yeah with that being said uh i hope that you all have a wonderful week and i can't wait and hope to see you next week bye everyone have a great week for this episode's curtain call i would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow this podcast would not be possible without the help of dory berenstein alan seals kimberly garris and the team at the broadway podcast network Next in line to take a bow are our fabulous editors, Jessica Warren, who edits the audio of the podcast that you just listened to, and Tessie Tokash, who edits the videos and visuals for this podcast. And how about a bow for our executive producer, Chris Greiner? And our final bow, our extra special, to the patrons, Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners of PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com TAB. If you enjoyed this week's episode... Make sure to subscribe on the platform that you are currently listening to this on, or go check out our YouTube where you can watch the episode. You can also subscribe, like, and comment on there as well. If you're more into the regular social media and want to follow us, you can do that at Take About Podcast across all social media platforms. The music of this podcast was made by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon, and the logo was created by Giselle Bustos. And that wraps up this episode's curtain call. Thank you all again for listening to this week's episode, and I can't wait to see you next week. Bye everyone, have a great week.
0: 18 plus.